welcome to the very first episode of Leading Leaders. We have our guest here, Chris <laughs> Haney. Um, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit, little bit about yourself? A little bit about myself. Well, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Just had my 60th birthday. We've been in, and me and mom, Sheila's been in ministry for a long time. 30 plus years we've done you name it we've done it pretty much <laughs> but uh been in Seminole for 30 plus years so gosh really we've been in ministry for 35 36 years because we've That's been insane. in Seminole a long time so yeah uh what is your most prominent uh ministry you think that y'all guys have been called to now or in like past? in in general like what is the one that y'all been in most like for children's. children's children's ministry we we children's pastors and uh for nine nine years at family faith 10 years at ifc um we did Outreaches in Seminole for 10 years. You guys got blessed in all that <laughs> stuff. But yeah, we did Glory Bound. We did puppet shows. We did Jack All Trades, Master of None. Yeah, ain't nothing like Glory Bound nowadays either. No. All right. Well, we'll start these questions. Uh, just a basis principle of what we're doing here is uh, we're getting out information that might not be taught to you by your leaders and i'm not saying nothing bad about your leaders it's just sometimes we don't have all the resources that we need when we start out in ministry and uh god's called me to interview these leaders and get their knowledge out because um what's a better impartation of knowledge in ministry than from somebody that's been doing ministry for a long time so uh my first question i have for you is how do you know when God is calling you out of one ministry into another? Uh, it can be hard sometimes because you get comfortable in what you're doing then. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like, because we did youth ministry, but we did youth ministry because there was a need there. It wasn't really, I'm not saying we wasn't called to it, but it wasn't really the call. Yeah. So uh, that one was a little easier to transition out of than children's church was yeah. because now uh, Mother and I is in a different thing. You know, we still do kids camp and stuff, but we're not in children's ministry anymore. We're more into reaching prodigals and bringing yeah. people back to God and stuff. But... Uh, which is hard in itself. Like that's a that's a it, it awesome is. ministry in itself. And uh, you know you got to hear God, and and it's good when you got somebody to be with you on it. Yeah. You know, because me and your mom. Yeah. Uh, your mom's gung ho. I'm more of a parachute. So, <laughs> and uh, and you need that kind of stuff, but. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you just got to talk it out. And yeah. then you hear what God's saying. You start feeling 
you see it all around you. And then, you know, the more you read in the Word and stuff, and the same stuff keeps popping out. And so then that's when you know it's time to Move into transition to something different because it can be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know it's uh, definitely one of the, that was probably one of the scariest things for me personally with Michaela was when we were, because we were, what you said, we were comfortable being children's church pastors at uh, our former church. And, uh, and when God was telling us uh, we needed to move to a different church, I was like, <laughs> well, who's going to, and it, and it, I guess it more got on the, who, who else is going to step up and teach these kids? Cause they, yeah. uh, it was just, there was such a lacking in teaching these kids that you're just, like God, who are he's? That's not your problem. You don't have to worry about that. And that that was one of the things that I had to come to grips with myself personally was, uh, you know, letting go and letting God. Yeah, like <laughs> it's always harder to let go, let God. Easy to say, yeah. hard to do, and uh, especially when you're dealing with kids and youth, because you can only give them the gods you know yeah but then they have because you never know what kids are going through yeah. where they're coming through abuse or addictions or whatever it is and stuff you can just give them the hope that you got yeah and you know and just believe god for it to happen yeah and it's hard to you know move on when when you're so scared of what's going to happen to these kids man it, it is uh <clears throat> We'll uh, transition. The next question is, and it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, why is it so hard, or seem like it's so hard to network among fellow Christians, and why are people so hesitant to work with each other? My belief is that some people are too set in their ways, and you know, and then. Uh, the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to find people that are like-minded. Because mm -hmm. even husband and wife, you know, they're one, but sometimes they're not like-minded, yeah. you know? so Somebody might see something a little bit different than another one. Yeah. Well, and your response and stuff. But, you know, that's where you got to step out in God and just... You know, God, if this is what you want me to do, then you step out. Because people don't handle rejection very well. Mm -hmm. So if you step out and say, hey, I feel like I'm called to help you, and then that person's like, mm, no, you're not. <laughs> don't think you are. But, uh, you know, but, you know, your mom and I, we would never, we, to ourselves, we would. But all reality is you just don't know that person and stuff and still you start meeting with them talking with them praying with them praying to god about it hey is this what and uh but people are i don't know the the word is no two people are the same yeah but that's why you have to get together and throw ideas out there yeah. and stuff and then work it out and pray it out because it really takes everybody because 
Yeah, it takes you, a whole tribe to put it, put everything. Well, in. and it's true. You you have the leader, but there's nothing wrong with putting having input to the leader too, also, mm-hmm. so they can, you know, well, I just didn't see it that way, you know. But that's but true. It's like uh, that's one of the things that I definitely learned uh, in the Marine Corps was different perspectives, you know, because you're going to come at something differently than I'm going to come at something, and it's just. Um, maybe the way you're raised or even just you being up front in right in the middle of it and me being from the outside saying, Oh, you know, I, you can actually see that's going to happen. If you do that, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So it's, a, it's all, uh, different points of views. Yeah. Um, well, back here, you can see the rock coming yeah. up here. You can't see it coming yeah. at you. So yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> one of the biggest things to me was, uh, so me personally, it is very hard to, uh, I guess, maintain a a strong relationship with people like where I can guarantee, like, know that you're going to be there. And uh, but at the same time, that's that's one of the biggest things with me pressing with men's ministry was that if I can know you, but if I don't know you. Because there's way big difference than mm-hmm. I know that you are Chris Haney, but knowing that you're a father of four, you know, you've been in ministry for 35 plus years, and there's a difference in between actually knowing somebody. Yeah. And uh, and I I think to me that's that's one of the biggest issues with people not wanting to work with each other is because I, I know who you are, but I don't know what you're about. You know. Yeah. And. Because people are afraid to open up to each other. Mm-hmm. And men are a whole lot worse than women are oh, on opening up. Uh, I think men's ministry is one of the biggest things that needs to be out there because we don't have the masculinity out there that needs to be out there. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to speak truth to you. Yeah. And, you know, and there's ways to speak truth without offending somebody because they even talked about it at church. You know, you can't have truth without grace but you can't have grace without truth yep. you know so facts <laughs> like uh one of the other questions that uh, i have on here is uh how do you find people that you can trust to pour into your life this this is from like uh, a leadership point of view how can i how could i personally find somebody that I could trust to pour into my life, knowing that, like, how could I know that they had what I needed? The biggest thing is, is pray to God on it. But then the only way to get to know somebody is to be around that Mm -hmm. person. Now, uh, so you say your calling is children's ministry and stuff. So, and the church that you're at, get with the people that's in that and find out what they're about. Yeah. On the children's ministry and stuff and if they're you know children's ministry or any kind of ministry really take somebody like your mom is one of the she's real good at teaching people mm-hmm. on how to deal with kids. Yeah. And I'm not your mom's more mellow than I am. <laughs> and so uh She's more of the parachute on that end than I am. Yeah. So, but, uh, 
And you can always tell, even by looking at people, you can look and know somebody that truly has that relationship with God for that ministry. Yeah. As uh, I'm not going to name no names or nothing, but uh, we've known some people that, beyond a shadow of a doubt, these people walk with God. Yeah. And stuff, because you know what they've walked through, and it's just from actually personally get to, getting to know them. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, wouldn't go to, you know, because books are always not the answer. Mm-hmm. And stuff. The book's the answer. Yeah. But uh, because it's kind of like self-help stuff. It, you know, it's all... You can put Band-Aids on it all you want. But yeah. It's still, still going to be bleeding. Yeah, dude. Sometimes Band-Aids, you need stitches. And yeah. Stuff, so, but yeah. It, it's really looking and listening to God mm-hmm. on who you need to. Because it's amazing how God will put stuff in your path. Just don't be that one to go on like, uh, because sometimes your greatest teacher is right in front of you and you just don't even know. You don't <laughs> see him because you don't expect it that way. Yeah. I, and that's one of the things like, uh, you know, even moving to a new church, man, I, I didn't, I didn't expect to come across um, mentors that I, I could have poured into my life more, you know, cause I have you and mom and I have uh, other people in my life that could pour into me, but, I didn't expect to run into other people that are now who I consider part of my spiritual family, my like some of my spiritual parents that impart words to me. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because you know I we moved to the, this church that we're at now, and then they moved into it. So it wasn't like they were already there. It was they were there before, but they came back. And it was like everything fell together, which is what I love about God's plan because he, nothing is a coincidence. You know? Well, and it falls back into that's still like prodigals and you know coming back to where the realization of you know I really needed God and stuff. Yeah. You know, so but it it is, and then some of the steps that you have to take are not some of the easiest steps. Yeah. And the stuff, even the recent, most recent ones me and your mom has done has not been the easiest mm-hmm. and stuff, but you just got to do what you know God wants you to do, even though it ain't the easiest. Because if Christianity was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. And the truth is, it's not easy. Yeah. Oh, and it never says it in the Bible that yeah. what come Jesus, to me and it will be easy for you. What yeah. Jesus said. If I su- if they hate me, they'll hate you. I'm yeah. suffering. You're gonna suffer too. Yeah. So, you know? so this one is a very big question that uh, a lot of people you know suffer with, and it, it's it's a true statement in the church. Uh, how would you go about um, helping somebody deal with burnout? That's a hard one. So, uh, really, if you're in a burnout, you're not in what you was called to do. Yeah. So, uh, if you're in a burnout deal, then you just need to get out of what you're doing mm-hmm. and start seeking God on the deal. 
because uh, sometimes you get put into ministry because of a need. Yeah. And me and your mom's done it and stuff. And I think everybody down that's been in ministry any amount of time has done it because where the need is. Yeah, we're going to fill in. Yeah, whether it's your calling or not, you're just going to do what. But uh, if you get stuck in something too long that's not your calling, I think that's where your burnout comes from and stuff. But then when you start getting burned out, then you turn away from God. You quit reading the Word. You quit praying. And then when you start doing that, that's when the enemy starts coming and attacking you and saying, see, it wasn't real or... Yeah, you're a failure or whatever it is and stuff. Uh, and then you truly need to seek somebody to pray with you on the deal mm-hmm. and stuff. Because sometimes, I think some of the hardest thing, even in ministry, is having somebody as a sounding board, good, bad, or indifferent. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You got to be able to say, "Hey, man, you know this is what's eating at me right now. I just yeah. need somebody to." I need to be able to get it off my chest and somebody pray with me to get through this stuff. Yeah, and, and that goes big into, you know, finding somebody that you can trust to pour into. Yeah. Um, people, I think people really neglect uh, who their spiritual leaders are in their church, you know, and it can literally be right in front of you. Like you said, that person could literally be your best friend for me. Uh, it's Michaela and in you, uh, and Billy would be my mine that I can literally just drop everything on, yeah. you know, or passer. <laughs> but you know, uh, I think to me, you know, because uh, the way that I see it, people get scared that they don't want to be a burden to people, and that I, that's what the I guess the terrifying thing is about opening up. Then that's the whole reason why people don't like open up. Yeah. Because uh, they don't want to be a burden to somebody, you know. Well, and effort, people don't like, or people don't do not not being liked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you open up, sometimes people you're you're worried about people what people's gonna. Dude, you was one messed up <laughs> sucker. You know, I kind can't of thing. Believe you did that. You know? Well, and and the worst thing you can ever do to somebody when somebody opens up to you is. Go like, no, oh, dude, I can't help you. <laughs> Whether you've been through it or not, uh, and especially a dude, men have the hardest, again, men have the hard time opening up. Mm-hmm. Now, I can talk to your mom all day long. Yeah. Most of the time until she falls asleep. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but men opening up to men, it's, it's like men don't want to show a weakness. Yeah. And, you know, hey, I'm struggling with this. And, you know, if you're struggling with something, the worst thing you can do is hold it in. Yeah. And, dude, it, people underestimate how much it actually tears you down mentally trying to hold something in instead of going to somebody that, you know, you can combine it. Yeah. 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 Well, and because the men... Hmm. The battle's always in the mind. Yeah. And when you're feeling all this, whatever it is, anxiety or stressed out on something, sometimes it's easier to talk it out Mm -hmm. than it is to sit there 
and think it out. Because if you think it out, you're going to lose. Yeah. Because the enemy's in your head, and he's going to turn it around, and you're going to just, nope, it's not I'm just not worth it kind of stuff, you know. That's why it's so important to have the friends that, which I've talked to you about before, the 6 p.m. friends, you got that to help you move. You mm-hmm. got the 3 a.m. people that's, you know, let's get a gun and bury somebody, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you need them 3 a.m. people. Yeah. And I think sometimes, especially in nowadays society, is everybody's so busy being busy that they're really not there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what the big, I think some of the most important thing is now, people just need to be there for other people. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that people ain't. Yeah. But I think sometimes people get too busy being busy doing, you know, you can set, you can take a whole weekend and binge watch a show, no problem whatsoever. But somebody <laughs> comes over and say, hey, I got a problem. Well, I can give you five minutes. Yeah. You know, that ain't what they need. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, God's been reaching out on on me a lot of is is just be available, and there's some of the things that just fall in your lap when just being available. You're just like, man, I would have missed this if I wasn't just sitting here waiting and being available for what the need is. And um, it's one of the things that like people are are terrified because the waiting is scary. You know, I, I yeah. hate being in God's waiting room personally, but it's like a love-hate relationship because I know God's going to do something big, but I hate waiting on it <laughs> for it to come. Yeah. But uh, it, it's crazy because, you know, waiting on people and then then you have people coming to you like, hey, man, uh, I literally just talked about this the other day that I, you know, I've been labeled so many things in my life that uh, a dude came up to uh, came up to me at work and it's like, Hey man, uh, you're a super Christian guy and asked me questions. And I've never been called that in my whole life. And, uh, caught me off guard, blew me off. And I first dude, I shrugged it off. And I was like, man, that's insane that God's changed me that much to, yeah. not be known for my violence, which I was, you know, that's what I was known for. I was known for the guy that could come. You could call if you needed somebody, something to be handled. And, uh, God changed it to now people. Oh man. Yeah. I got told by a lady that I was the the nicest person in the military she's ever met. And I was like, that's not me, man. That's all God. But, and because God changes people, yeah, if you're willing to let Him change, yeah, and but our society is super bad about labeling people anyway, and and I'm not saying stuff's not out there, the ADHD and all that other stuff, but I mm-hmm. think it's too, uh, they're too quick to label people, whether right. it's mental or. And uh, don't get me wrong, I he totally believe in mental disorders and stuff. I was labeled mental mental disordered, and so and I know you have too. So mm-hmm. you know, it, and and God deals with me a lot on the being there for people for mental mental stuff. But also, uh, you don't always have to have the answer for that person. Yeah, 
as long as they know that you're there for them. Sometimes it's just sitting there with them and whether it's crying with them or, you know, I'm not one into hugging a whole lot, but, you know, even sitting <laughs> there hugging somebody, you know. Yeah. Uh, even today, a guy I work with, his dad died on Friday mm. and stuff, you know, which he came to work today because he just had to get away from all the all crazy the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Well, I hugged a dude and everybody at work's looking at me like, that's kind of weird stuff, but it ain't. The guy just needed somebody to say, hey, it's you know, okay. It's okay. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Don't get any easier, yeah. you know, when you lose your parent and stuff. So Yeah, which I know that, it's like you said, it, it's a whole lot easier to minister to somebody when you've been through what they're going through right yes. now. Um, and, dude, going through... Um, Fixing my own issues has opened doors for me to talk to people about anger issues and anxiety and depression and all of these things so much it's not even funny. And that's a dude, I love it. And it's something that God pressed on my heart heavy yeah. was that now you're you're able to be there because I don't let it, you know, they might say that I have it, but that I'm not. It's just that. a label. Yeah. yeah. That I'm not gonna let God down by letting somebody else label me because I'm a I'm a child of God. That's what I yeah. yeah yeah. Well, and they've done the same to me. Even they used to call me uh, your generational alcoholic because your grandpa was an alcoholic, your dad's an alcoholic, and all this other stuff. Well, no, yeah. I'm not a generational alcoholic. I'm a child of God, and I don't have to receive all that stuff and all the anger and all the bitterness and all that other stuff i don't have to be that way and stuff the way i was taught to be yeah and so no i don't let people they That's try yeah people really do try to label you as, yeah. but it's choices you make you know you i don't choose to be an alcoholic yeah and it, you know i i i can admit that i was dude i i it's bad and uh you know people really didn't see it you know, you, you, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna see it because I wasn't going out and I I, I was a secret at home, yeah. One, you know, and uh, I I can proudly say that I'm over two years so and God's and and it wasn't like it was something that you know I don't get me wrong I completely understand that people struggle dealing with stuff and and getting over that hump but when I truly say, God, I don't want this anymore. I don't want it part of my life. I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. Dude, I don't even have it. It. I don't have the urge to even want to do those things. Yeah. You know, it's not even there. Like it doesn't even sound appealing. And uh, it's just crazy because, and I'm not saying that it's not a hard battle because one of the things that I had to do for myself is stop hanging out in certain places stay stay out of places that could influence my decision yeah well and that's any kind of addiction that you deal with addiction is it's pretty crazy mm -hmm. but you know it's kind of like god delivers you from say being an alcoholic you're not going to be a bartender yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. or even pornography you don't go work at a 
strip club or something, you know, yeah. that'd be, that'd be dumb, <laughs> you know, so you don't need to put yourself in them situations and stuff. And it's because you repent of it. So you turn, it yeah. means you turn away from it and you know, addiction battles are real mm-hmm. and some, uh, and why some people get it bam and it's over and other people got to struggle. I don't know. Yeah. For one, I'm not God. I don't know why, <laughs> why it happens and stuff, yeah. but you know, but there's, and one of the biggest things that through all of it and stuff, which I've even had a shirt made and we preached on it at kids camp. One of the things God has really dealt with me is Jesus is always enough mm-hmm. and stuff. So it, you have to learn to lean on Jesus. But also one of the biggest things I've learned too, people do need people. Oh yeah. Fact. The, the answer isn't always, well, you just got to go pray about it, which I'm not saying that you mm-hmm. don't. But sometimes, you know, somebody needs somebody to talk them through. Well, and Inky Johnson, man, Inky Johnson said it the best. Uh, I was listening to his testimony. He goes, sometimes you don't need somebody to preach a sermon. You need somebody to live one. Yes. And it's a whole lot easier for me to say, hey, man, I know what you're going through. Let me help you go through it. Then, hey, I know what you're going through. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, like, well, it's always easy to tell some, and it's no different than your kids and stuff. It, yeah. It's easy to tell them don't do it, but show them why not to do it. Exactly. Do <laughs> so, that is a game changer. Yeah. And uh, people don't understand that. And, and I'm not saying that, like, like, it's something easy to grasp because, you know, if you, if you never dealt with it, you never dealt with it. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that somebody that hasn't dealt with depression and anxiety can't help somebody with depression and anxiety. Well, they, and I believe they can. Yeah. But again, like you were saying, it is a whole lot easier to talk to somebody. Hey, man, I've been through this. This is what I had to do. This is how I got through it and stuff. And it isn't. But then again, you're not pointing at it. It's not you that did it. It's him that did it. Oh, facts. Yeah. And stuff. 100%. So, uh, you know, this is what the steps God had me do and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and it's not going to be 100% always the same. No. And because and a lot of it just depends on, you know, what level of addiction are you at? What level of depression are you at? What level of mm-hmm. whatever it is? Uh, and I still battle with anxiety today. And you know that I do because mm-hmm. and the way I've learned to deal with it and stuff, I... What's funny, sometimes God will say, hey, you need to go in the middle of that crowd and stuff. Yeah. And and I'm like, but then, you know, God walks me through it. But then, you know, there's times God's saying, okay, just, and I walk away and I do fine. Just step back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because I've, I've been in situations where uh, I've been so overwhelmed with anxiety that you stand in a corner and then God's like, nah, this is not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And I've literally went and stood in a corner and then had people flock around me in the corner. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, God, I'm trying to calm down. He's like, no, no, no. This is what's going to make you calm down is you're going to have to walk through it. Let me walk through it with you. Yeah. And, uh, it, 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 it's just crazy. And you can't explain it other than, you know, talking to somebody about all the steps that you had to go through yourself. Yeah. and then when you get to reading the word and stuff, you know, you, you even look in the Old Testaments and stuff when, you know, they're doing what God tells them to do. Well, you take the steps 
and I'll be there. Yeah. The key to it all is you have to take the steps for me to be there. And that's what one of my favorite verses is faith without works is dead. Yeah. You know, because uh, I can I can have faith all day, but if I'm not willing to work for it, it'd be like, man, I believe that tree's gonna grow, but I ain't gonna plant nothing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like a tree ain't gonna grow there if you ain't gonna plant it. You know, but uh, you know, faith without works, it is is dead, and it, it's you know, people are like, well, you know, I, I'm just waiting on God to do it. Well, what steps have you taken to step out in God's what God's called you to do? Because uh, sometimes you know? it isn't you waiting on God; it's God's actually waiting on you. Oh yeah, kind facts. of stuff. You, you know, and again, sometimes God will tell you stuff, and you're going, I "Are don't you know sure?" If that's it. <laughs> It's no different than the story about, you know, I'm waiting for God to to deliver me. The guy standing sitting on the roof of the house in a flood, you know. Yeah. Then he dies and goes to heaven and he goes, God, why didn't you help me? He said, Well, I sent the boat. Yeah. You didn't get in. I sent a helicopter, you didn't get in. That's your fault, not mine. Yeah, I sent you. I sent you what you needed and you chose not to take yeah. them. That's on you. Sometimes and that's where sometimes you gotta be some of the weird you know, the you might think it's kind of weird to do, but really God's works and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, because I've heard all kinds of stories on, you know, God having somebody do something kind of weird. Something and, crazy. Yeah, and, and like, they're going like, oh, God, I don't know about that. But then, you know, next thing you know, they stand up, dude's ball, and, you know, I said, hey, if God, if you're real, do this, and he does it, and then, you yeah. know, so. Surprise, yeah. yeah. And. Dude, that that even goes with like even being in youth ministry, man. Uh, when when we first started out in youth ministry, me and Michaela, I was terrified to go, and you know because when I'm coming to tell you something that I feel like God's laid on my heart, I'm not selling you me. I'm telling you what what I felt like God. So it's terrifying, man. And uh, God was telling me to tell one of our youth kids some stuff, and I'm like, no. Uh-uh, you, you, no, not me. And, uh, the next week comes around, and it's him and his brother. Well, now you get to tell both of them. All right. I go tell them, and, you know, they're just looking at me like they're in the headlight look, and I'm like, oh, you're swinging a miss. Yeah. And I, I go back to where we were praying at, and I look back at them, and they're both hugging each other, bawling. You know, something that I thought meant nothing to me meant everything to them. Yeah. And it's crazy that people don't don't just see those little things. Like it, I, I could tell you, the craziest thing I had to say to somebody is, "Quit playing hopscotch." <laughs> and I'm like, "What the heck does that mean?" <laughs> like, but God was telling me, "He's like, quit being two feet in, then one foot in, two feet in, one foot in." And I was just like, "Oh, okay, that makes more sense." Yeah. But you know, uh, when you say something to somebody, sometimes it's not always going to make sense to you. But it doesn't have to. Yeah, it makes sense to word. them. Yeah. yeah, it's not your word. It's the words out of your mouth, but it's not from you. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, going to be an interesting question. Uh, are we truly allowed to ask God why? Yes. Uh, on one hand, mm-hmm. but. I don't think God's one of them ones up there with, no, you do what I say, mm-hmm. you know, and if you, I think you can ask God why, and he'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, 
because God doesn't want robots. He just wants somebody to love Him enough to do His will. And I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning God and stuff as long as you don't turn away from doing it. Yeah. And, you know, kind of hard to word how to word it. it, It's a difficult question, you know, Mm because, like, on one hand, uh, God's calling you out to do something. And on the other hand, you're like, well, God, why do you want me to walk through that fire? And and a lot of times from what I've been taught was like, uh, you know, it's just like you heard it a thousand times making a diamond, you know. You got to be pressed. You got to be cut. You got to be burnt. You got to be all these things. And sometimes you just have to walk through that fire that God asked you to walk through. Now, can you say, God, I really don't want to do this. Is there any other way? You know, you can go back to Jesus in the garden. There he did. Man, he's like, Father, is there any other way? If there is any other way that I can pass this cup on? No, there's not, man. I'm sorry. All right, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think there's a, a, I don't think that there's a problem asking why, but the problematic comes when somebody's like, why? No, that's, that's dumb. No, I'm not doing that. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, because you don't want to deny God mm-hmm. as, uh, but then, you can always, again, no different than the cup. Or, you know, oh, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Instead of it, but it doesn't. Don't let it. I don't want to do it. Turn into I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Kind of thing. You know. So. Uh, but <laughs> I'll go personal with it for me. So personally, for me, uh, you know, when we left that church that we left. That's one of the thing, one of the stipulations that I made to God and Michaela was, um, okay, we'll go back to church. I don't want any responsibilities. I don't want any leadership. I've been there, done that. I don't want to wear that t-shirt no more. I want to get fed. I want to get my, I want my, my cup filled, you know? And it's, it's so funny, man, because now, now looking back at it, I'm like, dude, that's, that was the silliest thing that I could have ever said to God because dude, it was what three weeks, four weeks later, pastor's like, Hey, dude, God has called y'all guys here to be youth leaders. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there and it was like, God's like, Hey bro, remember when you said you ain't going to do that? This is what you're going to do. <laughs> and you know, it's like, what, what am I going to say? Nah, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. No. Cause it literally was like, God was like, Hey bro, Sorry, this is what you're gonna do. I know yeah. you say you don't want nothing, but I have greater plans for you. Now, if you just step out in faith and walk on it. Well, when you're doing, you know, because it, it's one thing to be a pew warmer, mm-hmm. sitting there always being fed and stuff. But I think, and it's just me, is you get more. From God and stuff when you're having to seek God for something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So even being a youth leader and stuff, you have to seek God on what you're going to do for youth, what you're going to do, what you need to say to the youth, what whatever it is. Yeah. And I think you get more that way than 
getting your Sunday fix at church from oh definitely because even like when uh, me and your mom did children's church and stuff you know we was there every Sunday you know and then you got people that goes well I got to be up there to and I'm not nothing against that I, I really yeah. ain't but you know if you got that kind of attitude that you can't receive God here you're really not receiving God up here either. Yeah. And stuff, you're just wanting to get your ears tickled. You know, the spiritual guppy thing. Yeah. And I don't mean it in a bad way, but there's a lot of people that, and it, that, it's true. that do that stuff. Because if you're called to a ministry, then you need to do that ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there's times where you need to go up here into the this service and then somebody else do this service. Yeah. Because that's one of the ways that you raise people up too, is putting in a, them in that situation of okay, now this time it's the service you. is on you, yeah. and we're going here. Yeah, and it's well, the, and that's the whole reason, man, with, with leading leaders to begin with. You know, um, if I'm your leader and all I'm doing is doing, and I ain't showing you. Yeah, I'm. I'm not preparing you to take the torch from me. Well, guess what? Half the people in in my youth, somebody's going to come out of that and take the torch. Yeah. Now somebody is going to come from there and be the youth leaders next. Well, you're the next person's floor. Yeah. And stuff. So, you know, you're raising that person up, and then when you raise that person up, you're holding that person up mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's no different. You know when they had to hold Moses' arms and stuff up for the battle to keep going and stuff. Yeah. You know, that's what you're doing to that person. You're holding them up to, you're hold, holding their floor up so they can go to the next level with God and stuff. Because there's a time when, I'm not saying God's done with you kind of thing. It's stuff you do have to go to your next minist- next step in ministry and stuff. Because if you stay in one thing the whole time, I think sometimes you can get too comfortable in it. Mm. And God, and I'm not saying God don't want you to be comfortable and stuff, but in all reality, God really don't want you to be comfortable and stuff because He wants you to keep seeking Him he even want more. You to get, he doesn't want you to get on a, a spiritual numbness to yeah. where you're like, uh, God, I enjoy what you're giving me right now. I really don't need no more from you. And in all actuality, we should be like, God, I just I want my cup to overflow. I don't yeah. want to be just filled. I want to be pouring out to everybody else as well. Yeah, well, and especially when you're dealing with younger mm-hmm. kids because everything, generations change. You know, so me and your mom being 60 and stuff, and I'm not saying that we couldn't give them God and stuff, but, but sometimes they, stuff changes. Yeah. And uh, what is culture? Culture role as well yeah yeah well and the way you <clears throat> i'm not saying what we did was wrong but for that time that's yeah. what we needed to do and uh me and your mom has picked up stuff that has somebody else would like because me and your mom ourselves laid down the mantle too mm. and one of the things god had us do was pick the mantle back up for kids camp and stuff because we laid it down and stuff and then God had us pick the mantle back up and start running with it 
<laughs> now, will we keep doing that forever? Probably not and stuff. But well, you got to think of it as like, <clears throat> you know, yeah, you laid the mantle down, right? But no one else was picking it up. Yeah. And then God sent you. He's like, all right, listen, I'm going to give you this mantle back. And I want you to keep it until I bring you somebody to take yeah. it. Well, and then again, that's where you get the training people up. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, <clears throat> again, your mom's real good at teaching people how to do the administrative stuff and how to uh, get everything go. Yeah, <laughs> well, not and she can get everything flowing. Mm -hmm. And just speaking of your mom, the difference between a calling and somebody doing it because I've seen it is you could have hundreds of kids in a room mm -hmm. and somebody's up there can't get control of them but your mom can walk up there and just say a few words and she has everybody's attention that's, and that's the difference between somebody doing it because they have to and somebody that's actually called them to it yeah, yeah that's a good <laughs> example well we're about to wrap it up I got one more question for you so, uh, before we conclude today, what advice would you give somebody that is either new to ministry or thinking about starting to step up in a, a leadership role in ministry? Become friends with Jesus is the biggest thing. And then find somebody that can you can lean on. Mm. As, especially starting one because uh, it takes more than just you need somebody to be a sounding board or whatever it is and stuff, mm -hmm. but you need somebody to lead you in the right way saying, and go to your leaders and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling and stuff. Let them start praying about it to hear God also, you know? So, uh, but I think the biggest thing is, is you really have to be friends with Jesus. Yeah. And that's the key to all of it and stuff because I don't care how much money you have or how much money you don't have and stuff. If God has called you to do it and you're friends with Jesus, He's right there with you. Yeah. And that's what I was talking to uh, one of the other leaders about about this exactly because I was uh, preaching on stage one time at our youth and I was like talking about me and God's conversation and I was like, God, I don't understand it, bro. I don't, I don't get what you're saying to me. And somebody came up to me. And they're like, "You call God, bro? <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course I call. He, he's my friend, man. He, he is somebody that I go seek and have a relationship with. Why would I address him differently than my closest friend? Well, and he's you a know? friend that sticks closer than a brother. Yeah, the word says that he is and stuff. And God is your, he's the best friend you'll ever have, but he's only going to be the friend that you want him to be. Yeah. If you want him to be a little bitty friend, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to force himself on you. Yeah. He's going to mm -hmm. knock. He ain't going to kick the door in. Yeah. So, and now will God drag you sometimes? <laughs> yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. But, you know. But again, you know that it, you can have as much as God as you want. All mm -hmm. you got to do is open yourself up to it. That's good. 
Well, and like one more thing before we close yeah. it up, like your mom always says, your backyard is as big as you want it to be. Yeah, that's true. And stuff. So you want to reach people for God and stuff? Open up your back door mm-hmm. and just look as far as you can. Your backyard is as big as you want it to be. It can be two feet or it can be millions of acres. So, <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Really Thanks. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The reason why I chose you is because, you know, you've been my leader since I was a I was born, so <laughs> I thought the first one should be the first one, you know. I guess. <laughs> well, get stay tuned. Uh, come back next week for the next episode. I have another amazing leader on here for y'all guys to uh, hopefully get a message from. Oh, man. <laughs>